<laughs> okay, I, I love your theme, thirsting to overflowing. Oh, I love that. You know what? We have to be hungry. We have to be thirsty. But let me tell you something. We won't become thirsty or hungry if we're full of junk. So we're going to talk tonight about how to overcome stinking thinking. So give me the cup. So I'm going to be with your theme. We're going to pour out, amen, the stinking thinking tonight. And we're going to go through some things that are, that's going to hurt. But I'm telling you, God has taught me some things through the years and what women really do need. Amen. And so I'm going, we're going to get rid of the stinking thinking. So you ready to pour out the stinking thinking? There goes that all that black stuff. You'll have to, you'll have to clean it up now. Anyway, but now we've got an empty cup after we get all the thinking, thinking out. You say, well, I've gone to church all my life. Let me tell you something. The devil never stops working on you. And he does everything he can. And we're going to just tell some of his secrets about how he tries to make us feel bad about ourselves. Amen. That's what he tries to do more than anything else. So we poured out the stinking thinking, and now we're going to fill our cup, right? We're going to fill our cup, Lord. So I want you to stand up, and I want you to put your hands in the air, and I want you to say, Lord, fill my cup. And so we sing this together, okay? I lift it up, Lord. Come and fill this thirsting of my soul bread of heaven feed me till I want no more here's my cup fill it up and make me whole one more time fill my cup Lord I lift it up, Lord. And see this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Hallelujah. He's going to fill our cup. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. We're going to overcome this stinking thinking. Because and then when we do and we start to feel like God really loves us and we are really somebody special. Then we will be, can become hungry and thirsty for the word. We can become hungry and thirsty for his coming again. Amen. We'll become hungry and thirsty to minister and to witness to other people. Amen. Because that's what we need to do. So we're going we're gonna to really get down to the nitty gritty. And some of it's not even going to sound spiritual. But believe me, the devil knows how to get you in the physical so that you'll be down spiritual. Am I right? So we're going to get that off of us tonight, right? Okay? 
Uh, some of you may already have it off of you. I don't know. But the Lord knows what is here tonight, and he knows who needs what, right? So how to overcome stinking thinking. Psalms 119.73. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Could we say that together? Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Say it again. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Amen. Then in Psalms 139.14, it says, I will praise thee. Hallelujah. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nobody like you in the world. You've heard this story and you've heard about self-image and all those other things. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is here tonight and he wants to do some things in you. And we'll have to get down to the nitty-gritty and the things that really amount to something. Amen? Okay. Are you ready to, t- to, to really dig down in where it's all at? Okay. All right. So I want you to say it again. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So we are designer made. I love designer stuff, don't you? I bought a dress one time that used to be, it probably cost $5,000, but it was in a shop that they sell all those clothes, you know. And I bought it, and it was ridiculously, uh, it, was, it was really something. But it was designer made, and nobody had a dress like that one. And we like that, don't we? We like to have something like nobody else has. But God doesn't, God made us in... And we are created in his image. So God doesn't make junk. There's no junk. And I'm telling you, there's no junk in this house tonight. Because God made you and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I pray that the Holy Ghost will make that real to you. You may have heard it a thousand times. But God can make it hit your heart and anoint it to your life. Amen. So, just for a moment, I want you to take time to look at your hand. Put it out there. Notice that we have five fingers, right? And the different lengths of the fingers. Now I want you to close the fingers to the center of your hand. And what happened? They're a different they're they're all the same length. Well, some of you who are melancholy say, no, mine's not. <laughs> I mean, because you're different, right? But, but would you agree with me that they are more closer to the same than they were when they're here? I mean, nobody could make something like that. I'm just trying to get you to see that God had, I mean, he is, he's amazing creative God. He's a wonderful creative God to make all of us creatures with hands that would do that. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so we are designer made. And why are we always blinking our eyes? I want everybody to look here, and I don't want you to blink your eye. I said, don't blink your eyes. Oh, I couldn't help it. You know why? Because I didn't have to tell my eyes to blink. They need to clear, and they need to do a lot of things. But you know what? I was just made for that to happen, and I don't even have to tell my eyes to do it. Isn't that wonderful? I'm just trying to get you to see how creative our God is, okay? And have you ever thought how handy your nose is? Well, if you wear glasses, it holds the glasses on. (laughs) Right? 
And notice we have two ears and one mouth. What does that say? Yeah, we should listen twice as much as we talk. Okay. And take the eyebrow. Yeah, we've taken the eyebrow, all right. <laughs> we've plucked it out little by little by little, right? <laughs> Have you ever thought about what purpose it serves? Your eyebrow has a reason for being there. God is a creative God. And that keeps the perspiration out of your eyes. And a bunch of other things. So now how would you have designed the human body if God had given you the privilege to do that? Oh, I know. I know what you're going to say, but God didn't give you the privilege. He, he, I mean, but, but, but say he did. Uh, wh what about, uh, let's just think of something crazy. How about an eye on the end of your finger? Wouldn't that be nice? You could look around the corner and see who's coming. You could look back there and see if somebody's following you. I mean, it'd just be great. Except for one thing. When we put our hands in our purse, we would gouge our eyes out. So God knew what he was doing. He put our eyes up here. He didn't put them on the end of a finger. God knows what he's doing. We are designer and made. <laughs> have to get you laughing a little bit, okay? All right. <laughs> Psalms 100 and verse 3. Know ye not that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Oh, hallelujah. I love that. I am his people. Hallelujah. He loves me. And I'll tell you what, I live with that feeling of love all around me because that is faith. When you know that God loves you, that's all the faith you need. Amen. But you got to know it. But Satan will do everything he can to, to keep you from seeing that, he, that God loves you. And he will accuse uh, he will accuse you to, or God to you. I mean, he'll say, well, why did God make you this way? Well, God could have done so, so and so. He's trying to make you feel bad about God. But let me tell you, God had our highest good in mind, and he did a great job in designing our bodies. Amen? Amen. But I meet a lot of people who don't like the way they are made. They're either, they're either too tall, they're too short, or their nose is too long. The nose is the one thing that most people don't like about themselves. Well, let me ask you something. <laughs> My nose, well, never mind. I'll, I'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> there was a survey in Hollywood of over 100 beauty queens, and every one of them said they didn't like the way they were made. Can you imagine that? Now, if they don't like the way they're made, what about us? What about me, 89 years old, with all these wrinkles and all this stuff that's happening to my body? Amen? But you know what? I'm just embracing it. I'm just saying God made me, and it's okay that I'm old. It's okay that I'm 89. It's okay that I don't look as good as I used to. Because you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm still wonderfully made by God. Bill Gothard had a survey of those making the best grades, those who excelled in sports, and all those considered good-looking. And the question was asked, how do you feel about you? And they said, all of them. 
I do not like me. Can you imagine that? And you know, I know how they feel. Because it was a time I didn't like me either. Well, you know, in school, how many of you had a name that they, they nicknamed you because of what your name was? And it, just, and it never was good. <laughs> right? You know what they named? They, our name was Curly. Uh, my kids' names were Curly. And so they'd go to school and they'd say, Squirly Curly, Squirly Curly, Squirly Curly. Now, is that going to help your self-image? Or make you feel good about yourself? So we don't listen to what other people put things on us. We cannot take it in. We cannot let it soak into us. Amen? And we'll go into some deeper things later, okay? But now, what about um, when I went to school, uh, I, I was in high school, and I had the skinniest leg, legs of anybody that you've ever seen. I still got skinny legs. I mean, they've always, and I mean, people would laugh at me. And one guy said, I don't even know how you walk across the stage. You're a preacher's kid, but I don't know how you even walk across the stage to sing. I don't know how those legs hold you up. I was in a geometry class when he did that. And I'm telling you what I did. I took my geometry book and I got mad. Why did I get mad? I already knew my legs were skinny. I didn't need anybody to tell me my legs were skinny. Amen? So I took my hardback book, and I took it, and I threw it. And I hit him right in the pit of the stomach, and he bent over like this. And I thought I'd killed him, and for a minute I was glad, and I hope I did. I mean, that's how mad I was. I was really mad. Amen? But they don't put... That's not me. It's okay. My, my first husband loved my skinny legs. <laughs> I'm just being truthful to you. That helped me along the way with my self-image, right? <laughs> okay. And then uh, my mother always said, and my mother was a sweet woman, but she just, she'd say, Joy, you have a nose just like your dad's. And you know what? I knew she didn't like my daddy's nose because she said, it's sharp at the end. I mean, it's just bad. I mean, she did and. So how many know that I would really like to just go and cover up my nose all the time because I was ashamed of my nose. But you know what? I came to the point, and even my first husband, he'd say, let's measure our noses. He'd take his fingers like this. And he'd say, see, yours is longer than mine. So, I mean, it went right on up into marriage, uh, making me feel bad about myself. I'm trying to let you see that other people have put things in your life that caused you to be self-conscious about certain things and not like yourself, amen, and not become who you're supposed to be. And then I had an uncle who was a preacher, and he played the guitar, and he could sing. I loved to hear him play the guitar. And I loved my Uncle Joe. But do you know what he said to me one day? He said, Joy, honey, you need uh, to cover your mouth or something when you smile or you laugh. said, you show your gums when you laugh. Well, now I don't ever want to laugh. And you know I'm a laugher. I laugh all the time. And I just wanted to cover my mouth all the time because of showing my gums. But you know what? I don't worry about that anymore. If you don't like to see my gums, that's just too bad. That's the way God made me. And I'm going to have the joy of the Lord, and I'm going to laugh whenever I want to. Amen? Hallelujah. Isaiah 45 and 9. Woe unto him who striveth with his maker. Shall the clay say to him that made him, What makest thou? 
I mean, when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see and you say, oh, my goodness. You know what? You're striving with your maker. We can't say, God, why did you make me like this? No. We have to say, Lord, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So I'll say it one more time. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. So we need to accept ourselves as God made us. That's the first thing. Accept me just like I am because God made me, and I'm sorry if you don't like it. Amen? Okay. Matthew 19, 19. The Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you don't like yourself, your neighbor's in trouble. I'm serious. It all starts right here. And, and, you know, we talk about it. We think this is carnal. No, it's not. God wants you to know who you are. He wants you to feel good about yourself so that you can forget yourself, so that you can look on other people's things and not your own things, as the Bible says, which I'll be preaching on Sunday morning. Okay. Some neighbors would be in trouble if we loved them as we did ourselves. So the way you accept a compliment is a good measure to how you feel about yourself. So when someone compliments your outfit, you say, oh, this old thing, I got this at a garage sale. Or you look great, and you say, my hair looks terrible. If you can't accept a compliment, it means something is wrong about how you feel about yourself. In fact, I learned this pretty early in life. I had a, a first cousin that was like a, a, a brother to me. We were close to all of our first cousins. And his name was Cliff. And he would say, Joy, you are so beautiful. And I said, shut up, Cliff. Because I thought he was trying to make a pass at me. I did. So I didn't accept the compliment. And do you know what? An old sinner boy that doesn't, didn't even know the Lord taught me the lesson of my life. He said, Joy, I just handed you a gift. And you took my gift and you stomped on it. Well, by that time, he had me in tears. And I said, I'm sorry, Cliff. I'm sorry. I don't want to st thank you for saying I'm beautiful. And do you know what? I began to accept what other people said. Amen. And as you begin to accept, not those bad things they say. You don't accept those. But when someone compliments you, take it in. Say, oh, thank you. You know what? You, even if you have to just grit your teeth and say, thank you. I mean, you can't even hardly get it out. But let's say, thank you. And it'll start to make you feel better. About yourself. Amen. So, acceptance of ourselves, though, doesn't mean that we accept ourselves as foolish, weak, or inferior and not make any effort to improve ourselves. There are some things we can do, amen, to improve ourselves. Amen. I can't change my nose. I can't change my legs. But there are some things I can do to make me better. Amen? So those are the things. God just gives you, a, he gives you something to work on. Amen? And I believe that God wants us to be neat. I believe he wants us, amen, to look as good as we can. Amen? And so we can feel better about ourselves. So, number one, 
we can always dress neat. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm going to say quite a few things here. But don't get mad at me, but I've learned some things. And the Lord, because it, it gets the junk out of my life, I can pour out that stuff that's wrong in there, and I can start feeling good about myself so that I can love other people and I can have something that I can give to other people because when I like myself, I can forget about me and I can think about you. And I love to think about people. I love people. I couldn't wait till I got here to meet all of you. I was just so excited because God has given me a love for his people. But I try to dress neat. And, and you know, when I feel I look tacky, I will probably not treat you good. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> but if I feel like I've done the best I can do, and I do the best that I can, and I wear a lot of glitzy clothes... And you know what? I, people say, well, you know, that's carnal. No, it isn't. Let me tell you, God, use it as a tool. I go to Walmart. I have on a glitzy outfit. And they say, oh, you're so cute. And I say, oh, thank you. And I pat them. And, I, and, and I, then I say, is there anything I can pray with you about? Or I, it opens up the door. So, I mean, I can go, I can walk in and I, 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 I know that I'm probably not the best looking thing in the world. But when I walk in the door at Walmart, I mean, people go, you know, you know why? The joy of the Lord is all over my face because I like myself. Amen. And I go in there with confidence. I go in there knowing that I belong to Jesus. And you know what? People are drawn to that. In fact, you just can't believe how they're drawn to that. So I use it as a way to minister. The way I dress. Now, if I dress tacky, I won't treat them very good, I'll tell you. Okay, we act like we dress. I said we act like we dress. Amen? If we dress casual, we will act casual. If we are dressed up, we act much different, don't you think? And we don't always have to dress up. We can wear casual clothes. But still, we need to feel good about what we're wearing and dress neat. Amen? Okay. I'm not suggesting that we always have to have expensive clothes. But to be clean, neat, and smell good is important to the way we feel about ourselves. And the way other people respond to us. Amen? Some people make excuses for going to church in faded jeans and barefooted saying they are going to their father's house and he wants us to feel at home. Well, I'll tell you what. I like to go to the king's house. And I like for them to know that I'm one of the king's subjects. Amen? Hallelujah. And I'm going to act like I dress. Remember? So I'm telling you, I believe that we need to look good. In fact, I'm going to give you an example. You know that everybody goes to casual. They're wearing faded jeans. I mean, they got holes in the jeans. I would never pay that much money for holes in the jeans, <laughs> right? But on television, what do the news anchors look like? They wear suits and ties. Because it speaks something. It speaks a little more power. 
You have a little more power when you look good, you feel good about yourself, and you exude confidence. Amen? This is good preaching. Well, I'm glad I get to go to the king's house. Amen? And I'm going to dress up as much as I can. Uh, Bud and I, my first husband and I flew to California and attended a big youth conference because we have teen, we had teen roundup and we always had monthly roundups for the teenagers and teenagers were our thing. So we went to a seminar in San Diego, California and we got there in this huge hotel and I had on my high heels. I mean, I was all dressed up, but all the other youth leaders that were there, dirty tennis shoes. Can you imagine that? I mean, I don't know. And, and, and faded out jeans and, and whatever. And Bud was dressed up in his suit. And I had on my high heels. And I looked as good as I could. And you know what? Across the hall was an insurance company. And guess how they were dressed? With suits and ties. And they looked good. They represented their company. Let me tell you, you and I represent the kingdom of God. Amen. And we need to dress like it. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. I'm getting down to the serious stuff now. It is a sobering thought that all the sin, sorrow, sickness, and death in the world today stemmed from t tasting the forbidden fruit. When there is failure to deal with the lust for food. Oh, I, I, I'm, got, I'm getting ahead of myself. Wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. Well, I thought I had it all together. Anyway, first of all, we said we could dress neat. neat. And then the other one, and I, I, it's not here, but that's all I can tell you what it is. Number two is don't be a glutton. Now I'm going to get serious this time. We don't smoke. We don't drink. But we eat. And we put things in our bodies that we know is not good for us. And I do it too, I'm sorry. I, I, I put a lot of good things in there though because I really do. And I walk 12,000 steps a day, amen, because I've had bypasses and I've had stents and I've had strokes and I've had all that stuff. But I'm telling you, I'm going to take care of this body because it's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hallelujah. So don't be a glutton. I, I don't know where the notes. I, Satan didn't want me to talk about that. He didn't. I promise you. He can't get you to do other things. He will get you things that make you sick. And I want to tell you, I'm going to live to be 100. But you know why? Because I was telling Rose today, I said, you know, we're driving all the way out here and all this trouble to go to all this stuff. And the only reason I'm doing is for God's kids. And I love what I'm doing. Amen. I'm telling you, that's where it's at. But you know what? I've got to keep a body that's got some energy. And if you want to know how I kept my energy, I take care of the Holy Ghost body. And I believe that the Lord wants us to take care of our bodies. 
because he wants us to have energy to get up in the morning and to go forth and say, Lord, what would you have me to do today? Who would you like for me to minister to today? And if we feel sickly and, and tired from eating too many sweets and we, we just feel draggy, you know, we can't be a witness to anybody. Folks, this is really hard preaching, but I want to tell you before I go to heaven and before I die, I want to get as many people as I can to live as healthy as they can so that they can do everything for Jesus and have all the energy in the world to do it for him. Hallelujah. Glory. I, I get excited. So now, after you've been a glutton, that's, that's when I've, I was started into, it's a sobering thought that all the sin, sorrow, sickness, and death in the world today stemmed from tasting the forbidden fruit. When there is failure to deal with the lust for food, our lives are open to attacks along other lines. It's not just about how much food you eat. He'll attack you with other things. The connection between overeating and stimulation of sexual desire is common knowledge. I'm going to repeat that. The connection between overeating and stimulation of sexual desire is common knowledge. The sin of Sodom was linked to surfeit of food. Jeremiah 5, 7, God said of Israel, When I fed them to the full, they committed adultery. I think we need to get serious about some things that we don't think about. Amen? Paul insisted on the importances of disciplining the bodily appetites and not making provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And that's the food desires and the sexual desires, and they all go together, it seems. When we can't control one, the other one overcomes us. Romans 13 and 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill the lust thereof. Which is food and sexual. I'm getting really close to where we're living right now. But I'm telling you. This is a God thing. God wants us to wake up. To the tricks of the devil. And how he tries to ruin our lives. He also said in 1 Corinthians 9.27. But I discipline my body. I discipline my body. And I bring it into subjection. Wow. Discipline or self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. We're still talking about self-image. We're still talking about overcoming stinking thinking. Amen? Obesity is a U.S. epidemic that has surged in the last decade and now affects one in five adults killing some 300,000 people a year, according to the American Medical Association, and they are now making coffins 20% larger. We have Teen Roundup. When my husband died, my son came and took over Teen Roundup, and then he bought a camp in Prescott, Arizona, and God had given him the dream of his life, but he was not watching his food. He was not watching what he ate. He was having a few breathing problems, but nothing serious, and he wouldn't go to the doctor. But one day, he was walking out on his porch, 
walked into his house, sat down on the floor, put his head on his arm on his recliner, and was gone. And I had warned him about some things several times. I'm going to tell you, folks, this is serious business. We're talking about life and death. And we can't expect God. In fact, whenever people come for healing, I usually put the, sometimes I put the Bible on their chest. And I say, Lord, you teach them the way to live. Amen. Because it's not all about God coming down and miraculously healing your body. It's about how you treated it in the first place. But this is what I say. I'm going to do what I can for my body, and I'm going to trust God for the rest. And I'm telling you, I can. Because I drink that water. I, I walk those steps. And I try to not eat a, b- a bunch of fried food and all that stuff. And you know what? Whenever I had COVID and I was in the hospital uh, five days with uh, pneumonia. And I weighed about 144 pounds. That was really too much for me because I'd had a stroke because of high blood pressure. And so when I had this COVID, I, I lost down to 121 And I'm still 121. I didn't have any appetite for a long time, so I couldn't eat. So I went down. But, you know, I learned something there. I thought, this is the time now. I'll walk my 12,000 steps, and I'll keep this food down, and I will stay 121. So when I get on that scales in the morning, I say, thank you, Jesus. You're helping me, and my heart is not having to work so hard. I've already had three bypasses and all that, and now my heart doesn't have to work so hard because I'm taking care of this body. And Jesus is taking care of the rest. Woo, hallelujah, I get happy. This isn't all just physical. Let me tell you, this is spiritual. So, just a minute. I'm, I'm getting there. Okay, Jesus is our example. How many would agree? And it says in Luke 2:52, and Jesus, Jesus, increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Stature is your height, your build, your physical making. So you and I need to increase in wisdom and physical bodies and uh, and in favor with God and man. So I want to share a little of my health journey. When I was young, I felt bad a lot. I felt sleepy, tired, no energy. My joints would swell. My back would go out of place, and I visited the chiropractor. In 1982, I started to change my lifestyle. I read articles and books to be healthier. And even after COVID, I got more healthy. (laughs) Amen. We learn little lessons along the way, right? And we get better at it. Amen. So I want you to stand up. We're going to talk about seven things that you need to do to feel better about yourself. And number one is exercise. You want, you want to go through a few exercises with me that I've done for 20 years? Besides, I, I walk now and I don't do these exercises, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. Okay. Get far enough that you can get your arms up. Rose, I'm sorry. I didn't introduce my wonderful traveling companion, Armor Bearer. I love her. God gave her to me, and God's helping me. And that's why this old woman can still travel. (laughs) So I know where my good stuff comes from. Okay, you're ready. Okay. 
I'm going to do five of each that I usually do 60 or 120 of. And I have, I have a folder that I'm going to give every one of you if, if I have enough. And I'm going to give them out. And I'm going to tell you in just a minute what all is in there. And the, all these exercises tell you how every one of them to do. But you do. So let's do some. I want to get your blood to go in. Okay. Don't, you're going to have to. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. That, now do about 60 or. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. What are you laughing about over there? Are you doing it? Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Now, one. Two, three, four. Oh, <laughs> five. Okay, I'm a bear over there. <laughs> okay, now let's go down. One, two. Oh, I'm sore from doing all those things. Three, four, five. I'm going to stop there. Because I, you can look on the paper and you can do the rest of them so you can sit down. I'll bet you're glad. Okay. Uh, how many of you take vitamins? This number two is vitamins. You take vitamins. Okay, good. Good. I've, I'm going to give you my regimen of all the exercises that I do. And I'm, you're going to know the vitamins I take. You're going to know the drinks I do and the things that I do before I go to bed and all that stuff. And that way, if you want to, it's up to you. You can be like this old woman. Or you can just go to bed. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm glad you take vitamins, and I think we should uh, research, and especially for certain conditions. If you'll research, you can find out what's really good for this and that, because I believe the Lord expects us to have the right nutrition. So it's not just the vitamins, but number three is water. Stay hydrated. I mean, that is very important, and I have to work at that one. I mean, my, my bonus girls that have taken a good care of me, too, uh, that live way up. And, anyway, they're not around, but they, they make sure that I drink. Are you drinking water, Joy? Are you drinking water? You need to be drinking. You need to stay hydrated. Amen? So water is very important. I wish we had time to talk about it. But anyway, four is good nutrition, less fat and sweets. And number five, good Thoughts and attitude. You're going to have these. You're going to have all my notes. You're going to know all this stuff that I've said. You're going to have the whole deal. I, I, I stayed up and printed all of them and nearly killed myself reaching down on the floor putting them together. So you're going to get the benefit of that. And you can use it or not use it, whichever one you want to. You can just give it to your neighbor if you don't want to. So good thoughts and attitudes. How many know how important that is? Very important. 
I'm telling you, they call me Joyful Joy, and I am joyful. I, I, I just have so much fun. We, I, just, I just love the Lord, and my, my heart just bubbles over with the joy of the Lord. But I'm helping to take care of this body, and the Lord's helping me with it. Amen? And I keep good thoughts. I, I, don't, I, I don't hold unforgiveness in my heart. That'll make you sick. Yeah, we could really go into a bunch of stuff. But I just want you to know that you are responsible for your health. You alone are responsible for how you feel about yourself. Amen? So we're going to think like God thinks. Hallelujah. And then number six, walk in forgiveness. And number seven, fasting. I'll tell you, there's something good. Uh, in fact, the medical... Uh, people will tell you that fasting is good for the body so fasting I know that it's good for my spiritual life too I don't fast to try to get God to do something I fast so that I can be humble for him and hear his voice and say Lord I want you we're still talking about thirsty right I want you more than I want food and I'm going to deny myself this food today because I want to be wanting you and hungry for you and thirsty for you and wanting more of you. Because if you don't want that and you don't thirst for that, you'll never have it. But you have to ask God to help you with it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're, you're just so much fun to talk to. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 13. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, I mean, for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. I mean, the word... I have told you the word, even though I've been really hard on you. I'm just still, I care about you just like Jesus cares about you. And I want to see God's precious women being at the very top of the list of having energy, loving themselves and going forth with the, with, and, and exuding themselves with the confidence that only God can give. And then, since I've been to the service, the Lord spoke to me and said, there'll be women here, and I didn't even put this, not in my notes. There'll be women here who have been abused in their childhood. And that's why their self-image is so low. They can't feel good about themselves. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and be very plain. Is that okay? Last Sunday morning, I spoke on burying the hatchet, and I asked every person that felt like that they had had something that, uh, to, uh, so so much unforgiveness, or they had been abused in childhood, or to, for them to come and sit on the front row, and the rest of the people could just come to pray. And so there was about five or six women that that sat there on the front row, and one of them was my husband's niece, grandniece, and I knew that she had been abused. By a family member. And she was just weeping and crying her eyes out. 
I went over to her and prayed for her. And this is what I whispered in her ear. Please forgive me for being so plain. But I said, honey, let me tell you. Our bodies were made to function correctly. And your body, when you was a little girl, was violated. And it felt good to you. Because your body was made to function. And because it felt good, you have carried this load of blame all these years. And honey, it wasn't your fault. You were violated when you didn't have the, the even, the, you weren't old enough to make the right decision of what's right. All you knew that was it felt good because your body was made to work. Now I'm telling you, God will set you free. He'll set you free. That little woman, she put it on Facebook even. And she said, my Aunt Joy came and she told me, told me exactly what I needed to hear. And God set me free. Folks, I would tell you that's what God is here for. Amen. He's here to set you free. Lord Jesus, we thirst for you. We hunger for you. We want you. And I thank you for pouring in the oil and the wine right now in the lives and hearts of those that are hurting. That you are ministering to them. You're doing your work. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need. And He just prayed for you. Hallelujah. I don't know what you need. But God knows what you need. And He's here to minister to you. I want you to put your hands in the air right now. And I want you to receive whatever you need from Jesus. Go around praying. Reach out to Jesus, whatever it is you need. I may not even talk about what you need, but God knows what you need, and you know what you need. And you just reach up to Jesus right now and let Him fill your cup. Let Him fill your cup. Hallelujah to you. Thirst no more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead.